things in your life is, is good, then Christmas tends to, to build on that joy, doesn't it? It tends to um, make it more joyful. But the opposite is also true. If, if, there, if we're not in a good space, if there's trouble in our life, there's trouble in our family, things like that, Christmas tends to, to build that up as well, you know. Um, so, you know, we can look at the, our life throughout the year and, you know, we get on with our year, we get on with work, our study, all that sort of stuff. But Christmas tends to, to bring us into focus, to, to look at our lives, and rightly so. And so, you know, you, you've all heard of the Christmas lunch disasters where family gets together and... You know, things that have been festering away just seem to boil over. Christmas does that. And this is why we want to, in the next three weeks leading up to Christmas, is talk about a few things that I hope, if you are in that position today or in the next few weeks, that the Word of God and the Spirit of God can do something to release you from that. Amen? That come Christmas time, when... We celebrate the birth of our Lord and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. That is our focus. That our focus is not on the issues in our life. Can you say amen to that? Can can that be our prayer for 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 this series, Ghosts of Christmas Past? I know it's a bit of a cliche and all that sort of stuff. But this morning, we're going to look at something. Like next week, we're going to look at something that some of us might have all had to deal with. And that is shame. Who's ever had shame in their life? Come on, let's be honest. We all have. Something that we've done that we've, we really re- we've regretted, we thought, man, I wish I could have gone back and changed that, done things differently. If anyone ever found out about this, I'm going to be so embarrassed. You know, you ever had that in your life? So next week, Pastor Steve is going to look at healing from shame because, you know, the, the cross of Jesus Christ took away all shame and he nailed it to the tree. And so we're going to look at that next week. The week after, week three, we're going to look at labels. Okay? And what do you mean by labels? Labels is the names we take upon ourselves. Whether they're given to us, and I'm not talking about, you know, uh, job labels or anything like that. I'm talking about labels that, you know, maybe in, while you're growing up, you're called stupid. Oh, you're just stupid. Sit down and shut up. Oh, you don't know anything. You're worthless. You are a mistake. Maybe those labels are stuck on you somewhere and you've been trying to get rid of them for a long time. Well, make sure you're here in two weeks' time to hear Pastor Steve again look at labels. But this morning we're going to look at, I think, one of the big ones, overcoming offence. Who's ever been offended in their life? Come on, all our hands should be up. If we're truthful about it, something in our life, someone in our life has done something that we've sort of, man, it's got, it's got our hackles up. And so this morning I want to talk about that and I want to take us through a couple of points and, and look at this because it is important to overcome. And we see that offence and forgiveness go hand in hand. Okay? I've been told during the week that I do this a lot, but it works. You get the picture, okay? Offense and forgiveness, they work together. 
And so when we're talking about overcoming offence, we are actually talking about forgiveness as well. But for today, we're going to talk about overcoming offences. Here's another question. How many of you know someone who's easily offended? How many, how many of you would know that if that person knew you were raising their hand, they'd be offended? Okay. They would be so offended, they'd be hurt. How many of you can quite honestly say that you've been offended more than you should have been? I hope this morning the Holy Spirit can work something in our life. Because admitting it is the first step in overcoming it. In admitting that we fall short in this, that we are weak in this, actually allows the strength of the Holy Spirit to come in and do a work in our life. If we fail to deal with that, if we don't allow God to, to, to unburden us of it, it actually becomes a weight. You know, we often talk about people having baggage. Well, baggage, offence is the biggest bag of all. It's the heaviest and the most cumbersome. And it's the one that gets dragged around. It's that suitcase without the wheels. Okay, who's still got one of those? The ones that you actually got to carry? They're hard. And, and guys, let's be honest, offences become a heavy burden. And if we don't deal with it, eventually it just weighs us down. It wears us out. And it's not just the big things. Often it's a build-up of the small things. Let's say, for example, you're driving down the main street. We've all done this, okay? And we're feeling good about ourselves and we see someone's got the, the reverse lights on and they're trying to back out of the centre bay. You've been in that situation and you think, you know what? I'm going to be holy today. I'm going to be righteous. I'm going to let this person out. And so you stop there and you sort of give the, you know, the, I'll do that. Who does that? Yeah, because sometimes they don't take notice, and that's an offending as well. But anyway, and so you let them out, and you know you're feeling good about yourself. You look around. Did anyone notice that? And they don't even wave and say thank you. Oh, come on, that's the last time, man. I'm taking note of your number plate. It's a little thing, isn't it? But we've been there. Well, what about for you, younger ones? Some, some of you more mature ones um, mightn't get this, but when you're on social media, Instagram, and that certain person is not liking your posts, you like all their posts, you like all their photos, and they don't return the favour, you think about it and you go, well, what's going on there? Don't they like me anymore? You get what I'm saying? Or if you're on Messenger... And, you know, I, I, I nearly relate to this, I think. But, you know, you're on Messenger, because on Messenger you can actually see when they've seen the message. And so you've written this nice, real nice message to this person, and you can see that they've seen it and they haven't responded. You're thinking, what, not good enough? You're too busy to respond to me? Come on, we can laugh at it, but... I've seen it undo some people. Well, actually, you actually actually see the bubbles start. You know the bubbles? 
they start going up and down. So you know they're typing something and all of a sudden you're waiting for the reply and the bubbles go away and there's nothing there. And you think, come on, what's going on there? Or texting, I really like this one, texting. Because I do it deliberately. So if you text me, sometimes I'll deliberately wait a few hours to reply. Uh, I'm helping you grow, man. I'm helping you grow. This is a growth opportunity. But I've actually, people, I've seen people become offended because they haven't received an instant reply. It's almost like you've got to be on that phone 24-7 and as soon as someone sends you a message, you've got to reply. Otherwise, mate, you're not BFFs anymore. You've just broken that relationship. Aren't I important enough? It sounds silly, but I've seen it. I've, I've talked to people where it actually becomes an issue. And I point these things out not to humor you, but to see that these little things often become big things. They're little seeds of doubt. They're little seeds of offenses that get sown into our heart and it's just another thing that we add onto the hook of that person and we think, man, you've just got one more chance. Or we subconsciously or subtly just start to develop an attitude against them and you think, where did that come from? Why am I feeling this way towards that person? Why am I, um, you know, just, it just doesn't seem to be there anymore. It's small things, they're trivial things, I know. They're little and annoying things. But they still annoy us, don't they? They are annoying. And undealt with, they become offence. But the reality is for, for some of us, or many of us, actually there are some big offences that have occurred in our life. And I want to acknowledge that this morning. There have been significant hurts. There have been significant wounds, significant betrayals, significant broken relationships in your life. And I don't want to make something petty of that i recognize them as being real and i want to call it for what it is and at this time of the year it just seems to build up because you know and you get annoyed at yourself sometimes because you think i should be able to deal with this but i can't and i just want to encourage you this morning You've been betrayed in a significant way. You've been lied to, let down, betrayed. Your trust has just been thrown out the window. Some of you have been abused. Emotionally, mentally, physically. They're big things. And we're going into family situations in a few weeks' time that are very, very dysfunctional and hurtful. And they've been that way for years and years and years and years. And this year, you want to do something different. You want to start to turn that situation around. Well, I know that that can be done. That can be done. The challenge 
is not to let those offences seep into our heart and influence our attitudes. And that all of a sudden, whether we subconsciously or consciously sabotage the situation in order to, to gain payback or to justify. Because the, the saying is true, hurt people hurt people. If you're, if you're a person who is hurt, you will tend to look for ways to hurt others. And so today we're going to put a stop to that. Amen? Amen. Maybe you've got families divided. Maybe there's friendships that have ended. I pray that this morning that we don't go into this Christmas season with our focus on that situation where in actual fact we should be focusing on the glorious celebration of Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. Yeah, when Pastor Steve gave me uh, the opportunity to share an offence, I said, yes, I'll take that one. Because it's something that I've been thinking about for a while. It's something that really is, I believe, the number one, the number one destroyer of Christian relationships in the church today. I mean, we could do six months on offence. I remember years ago, John Bevere wrote a book, The, S- the Bait of Satan. And he did a whole study series on it, looking at offence. And so this year, we're not going to go into Christmas with a closed heart. We're not going to open gifts with a heart that is vengeful and hateful or, or just a bad attitude towards someone that we should actually be loving. We're not going to go into Christmas enjoying the grace of God and all the while withholding the grace of God onto others. There's two things that we're going to look at this morning. And the first is this. And you can write it down up here or down here or like this. And it's this here. Life is too short. Life is too short. If there's one thing that you take away from this message this morning, I hope that it will be this statement. If there's something that we need to remind ourselves time and time and time again, not only... That, But in this life, our attitudes and our actions will affect what life will be like once we leave this planet. Your life is too short, my friends, and your purpose and your calling is too great to let offense rob you of that. Let me say it again. Your life is too short and your purpose too big to be offended. The psalmist writes it like this in chapter 39 and verse 4. If you, you can see it up there. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer than the width of your hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. 
Life is a mist. We're here today and gone tomorrow. It passes by so fast, doesn't it? Just yesterday, my daughter would lay across my lap. Her head there and her leg, the bottom of her feet there. It only seems like yesterday. And today, finished uni. Got a job. Looking at life for herself. Life goes so fast, guys. And yet, offence robs us of those years. They're just babies one day, grown up with babies of their own the next. It's so, so fast. Life is too short, guys. And my calling is great. My calling is great. And guess what? So is yours. We are all called to something in this life. Because we are born on purpose for a purpose. Even if you are a mistake to your parents, you still have a plan and purpose because God foreknew you. Even before the foundations of the world. We are called by God to go into this world to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. We are called to be the light of this world. We are called to be the salt of this earth. We are called to reflect the love of Jesus when we come into contact with people. We are called to manifest the fruits and gifts of the Holy Spirit. And offence erodes all that. It strips it away. Because offence affects our attitude. And our attitudes affect what? Our actions. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? But my life is too short. Man, I'm into the second half of my life. Some of you are. Look, we don't know how many. God knows the number of our years, but we don't. My calling is too great to be offended by something small. I refuse to be a small-minded person. I'm going to learn to let it go. Let it go. No, I was going to break out into song, but I won't. <laughs> let it go, let it go. Come on, you know the song. But let it go. You know, it, it sounds so easy, doesn't it? Yes, I'm going to let it go. But it is a choice. Letting it go is a choice. Why? Because my life is too short. Say it with me. My life is too short and my calling is too great. So let it go. Here's another verse of scripture from Proverbs 19 verse 11. A man's wisdom gives him patience and it is to his glory to overlook an offence. It is to your glory, not God's glory, the Proverbs are saying. It is to your glory that you overlook an offence. So here's a challenging thought. When I hold on to an offence, I am not glorified. I become undignified. In actual fact, I become ugly. And I've seen offence turn some people ugly. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking physically, but I'm talking, they just turn ugly. 
And that's not being glorified, my friends, especially if you are a child of God. You are supposed to reflect the very nature of Christ. And the very nature of Christ does not take on offense. The very nature of Christ is glorified. And we, we, when we reflect that, we allow offense to drop off. It's a challenging thought. But when we do not overlook an offense, it leads to unforgiveness. And I believe that leads to spiritual decline, emotional turmoil, mental degradation. And I've seen people who become physically ill because they have held on to an offense for so, so long. It's true, my friends. It's true. It is a slippery slope. Here's the second thing. As children of God, we are expected to overlook an offense. The proverb says that. We are expected. And so we need to recognize that overlooking an offense is actually not pretending it didn't happen. Because it was real. That abuse, that, 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 you know, that betrayal, they are real. And I don't want to take anything away from that. And so it's not saying that it's never happened. But it is, in overlooking it, what we are saying is that it was in my past. It was in my past. I can't go back there and change it. And so I'm going to leave it there and I'm going to move forward. It's a choice to not keep looking back. It's a choice to let it go. It's a choice to learn from it and make a conscious decision to leave it in the past. Let it go and forgive. It's a choice. It's a real-time decision that I'm actually going to rise above this and not allow myself to be contaminated by its stain. It is a choice. Turn to the person next to you and say, it is a choice. It's a choice, my friends. In fact, the word overlook that's in the English language comes from two Hebrew words that are translated overlooked. That's interesting, isn't it? It actually literally means to pass over. To pass over. And it's to one's glory to pass over an offense. To get above it in your heart. To rise above it spiritually. To make a decision and say to yourself, I'm not going to let this drag me down. I'm not going to be contaminated in my heart by this. And can I say this? And it confirms what was said during worship. And that is this. Please write this down. Offence is never about the other person. Come on. Offence is never about the other person. It starts and stops with you. You might think, oh, that's a bit harsh, Rod. But it's true. And it's to your glory to rise above it. 
to overlook it, to pass over it. Why? Because life is too short and my calling is too great to live offended. And I know some of us have tried. I know some of us time and time again have said to myself, I'm letting this go. I'm making a choice, a decision here to move forward. But then something happens and like the old scab on the wound, it gets picked off again and it starts to bleed again and you think, why is it affecting me again? But let's be honest. Some of those wounds are deep. Some of those wounds have been following us around for years and even generations. We've taken on family offences. My father had an offence with, un- with his brother, my uncle. And so now I'm going to be offended at my uncle. I don't know why, but dad was, so I am. Come on, it happens, doesn't it? It is to our glory to overcome an offence. But God is not saying we have to do it on its own, on our own. We need his help. And so I'm making a choice to let it go, but with God's help, I'm getting over it. Can we say that? With God's help, I'm getting over this. All right, some of you are saying that in your, under your breath. With God's help, I'm getting over this. With God's help, I'm getting over this because it is to my glory to overlook an offense. And with God's help, I'm getting over this. And I'm not going to be offended anymore. Ephesians says this in 4.2, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other and make allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Paul told us, be patient with other people. Make allowance for each other's fault. What a great verse because how many of you know the perfect person? I don't. I don't know anyone who's perfect. Jesus was perfect, I know that. And so everyone's going to have a fault. Everyone's going to do something that if we allow will affect our attitudes. Someone's going to tread on our toes. Why? Because we've all got toes. (laughs) Someone's eventually going to tread on them. Someone's going to say something that you can either think, hmm, I might take offense at that. And today, now more than ever, I see a world that is just pulling out the victim card time and time and time again. Oh, you can't say that, they'll get offended. You can't do this, they'll be offended. Come on. The world can act like that, but we, the church, the body of Christ, need to rise above it. We've got to burn our victim cards, my friends. We can't keep using it as our trump card every time. It's not part of our pack. When we're following Jesus, we are no longer victims. What are we? Victorious. We are victors. No longer victims. Verse 
make allowances for each other's faults. You know, because it's interesting, we tend to judge others by their actions and we'll, te- we'll, we'll judge ourselves by our intentions, won't we? You did this to me. Well, I didn't mean to do it. It wasn't my intention. You know my heart. I wasn't thinking that. Well, you really shouldn't have said that. But, hey, come on, hear my heart here. Don't be so quick to judge. My friends, can I say this? Give people the benefit of the doubt. Take the higher ground. And instead of just judging them with ill, judge them with purity. And so that person that didn't give you the friendly wave when you let them out of the parking bay, you know what? Maybe their child just got admitted into hospital. Maybe they're in a hurry down the street getting them something and they've got to rush back to the hospital. So where does that leave your stinking attitude right there? Where does that leave your offence? You think your, your offence is so big now? Because when you're pointing at someone's offence, there's three pointing right back at you. Recognize that someone else might be having a bad day. Recognize that someone else's bad response and what might have seen uncaring, unkind, unfriendly, short, inattentive, lacking empathy, bad response is not about you. It's not. Their bad day is not about you. Their bad driving is not an attempt to offend you. When they cut you off, Whatever. I hope you get over it, mate. That snide remark is not about you. The fact that they walk past without uh, looking at you is not about you. I've done it many times down the street. I've walked past someone I knew and and just at the last minute, you know, you catch them out of the corner of the eye and you think, oh, that was so-and-so. I hope they didn't think I was ignoring them. We're so inclined to judge a situation and take on an offence. But can I ask us to turn that all around? Can I ask us to start doing this? If someone does something, the first question you should ask is, Lord, what are they going through right now that I can pray about? What is happening in their life? Because I know that they didn't mean to do that. I know they're not ignoring me. I know something must be going on in their life. What can I pray about? Can we have that sort of attitude from now on? And so instead of taking on the burden on offense, we're actually releasing an air of grace. We're releasing something into their life. Have a heart of compassion. And we will be able to live without being offended. Guys, can I start to wrap this up? And let me give you an example. I did the maths, okay? And 80 years, if we live 80 years, that is going to be 2,522,880,000 seconds. All right? 
And what someone did in 10 seconds of that is going to rob you. It doesn't even seem logical, does it? For 10 seconds of that 2,522,880,000 seconds, you're going to let someone's 10 second action to you or response to you ruin the rest of it? Why don't we just declare that those 10 seconds belong to that person and I'm going to make the rest count? Because when you take on offense, you actually keep giving them more and more and more. And by the time you've realized that you've given them a whole heap of your life and they don't even know anything about it. They've got no clue. So when we've been hurt, we have a choice. We can essentially do one of two things. We can either rehearse it. and I'm, You know what I'm talking about, don't you? We rehearse it. We go over it time and time again. If I had done this, I would have done that. If I had not even been there, I wouldn't have been in that situation. And look, I understand a little bit of that is good because we can learn from it and do something differently next time in how we respond, but to keep going over and over and over again. And, and this, is what, this is something that I, especially when I'm at night, when you're trying to get to sleep and something's happened during the day, how many of you play back the day? especially something that's, that has hurt you that day, a situation that wasn't pleasant, and you just keep going over and over and over. And you get annoyed with yourself because you want to go to sleep. Okay, So you get up, go and get a drink of water, come back and think, no, I've got to put that aside. I want to go to sleep. So we can do one of two things. We can rehearse it or we can release it. Rehearse or release. What is it? It's a choice. It's a choice. Rehearse or release. If she said, if I did, it gets us nowhere, my friends. All it gets us is bitterness and it feeds to anger and it changes our attitude and we become ugly in our attitudes and our actions towards others. Colossians 3.13, make allowances for each other's faults, my friends, and forgive anyone who offends you. It's not saying that what they did was all right. It's not excusing their action, but it is saying, I'm making a choice that I'm going to keep moving on with this. Easily said than done, right? Easily said than done, probably, but we've got to get it done. We've got to get it going. We've actually got to put this into action, my friends. Rod, you don't know what they did to me. No, I probably don't. I don't know what it's like to be sexually abused. But I know what it's like to be betrayed. I know what it's like to come into a situation where a person who you thought had your back actually ended up being the one with the knife in your back. I know what it's like to be verbally abused. I know what it's like to stand outside of those front doors and being told I'm going to hell because I made a certain decision 
by a member of the church. I've been told that God is displeased with me because one year I wanted to honour mothers on Mother's Day and I was told that I'm honouring mothers above God because we wanted to have a Mother's Day service. See, I could take on many offences. I've been called dumb, stupid, evil, greedy, ignorant, fat, skinny. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. We can't take them on. But I've decided to let it go, let it go. Why? Because I still have two billion seconds still left of my life to live. And life is too short. And what their opinion is, is their opinion. They can have their opinion. But I'm not going to take it on. I'm going to look at God's opinion of me. And God's opinion of me is that I am his beloved. And that I am victorious. And I'm not going to let myself get dragged down. And I'm not going to let myself be affected because someone else is having a bad day. I'm making it my duty and my responsibility to look at the words of Jesus and say, pray for your enemies. Oh, see how it's all, here it comes again, coming together. Pray for your enemies. Do good to those that would seek to do evil to you. It's not easy, I know, but it must be done. Why? Because we are called to be the light in this world. My friends, I pray, I pray that this morning you can walk away and say, I'm over this. I'm letting it go. You know what? I was going to ask you to come out, but we don't need to get you to come out and pray for you. You can do it right there where you are right now. You just got to reach out to God and say, Lord, I'm handing this over to you. If you want to imagine it, whatever it is, you put it in a box. And as we're told in the Gospel of Matthew, come to me all you who are burden, heavy laden, whatever version you read, weighed down, come to me and I will make your yoke easy and light. Give it to Jesus this morning. Can I ask you to close your eyes as we just and get Natalia to come? I might have pushed a few buttons this morning but I want to do that deliberately because that is the time you need to deal with it. You need to allow yourself right now, if there is an offence in your life, if there is something that you've been holding on to years and it might have been from the closest of your family, let it go. Put it in the box, hand it to Jesus. Why? Because he's dealt with that on the cross. All the shame. All the burden. 
all the wrongdoings. And if you want to look at that, I mean, Jesus on the cross, betrayed by his closest friends, they all ran away. The injustice of what he was going through. An innocent man given a guilty man's punishment. The injustice of all that, and yet I look into his eyes of compassion and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You reckon Jesus took offense? No. He prayed for them. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And you know what? Maybe you need to say that. Father, I forgive that person because they didn't realize. They might have they might have been in control of that situation. They might have been in control of the actions that they undertook. But in essence, they were ignorant of, of, of the consequence of that. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know how this would affect my life. Lord, I choose right now to forgive them in the name of Jesus. Lord, help me. Give me the strength to forgive that person right now in the name of Jesus. I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go because my life is too short and my calling is too great to continue to live offended. During this week, if you want to, and I really encourage you to, read the story of Joseph, Genesis 37 through to 50. Joseph was a man who at least three times was betrayed. At least three times by his brothers, by Potiphar's wife, and by a fellow prisoner who all betrayed him and yet chose, he chose to overlook it. And even when he had the opportunity, when his when he became second in charge of Egypt and his family came to Egypt to seek refuge, he had the opportunity for retribution. He had the opportunity for vengeance. And his brothers, when they realized the significance of the situation, actually thought Joseph was going to kill them. But Joseph had already overlooked the offense. And he was so emotional... His heart just melted. Not with the heart, the cold heart of, of revenge, but with the soft heart of compassion. And he actually had to run out of the room crying. He was so emotional. He said, guys, I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> I just want to hug you. My friends... overlook the offense this morning with God's help you can do it with God's help I'm over it I'm over it I am different this is not going to hold me back any longer because God with your help I am over it praise the Lord